Jardim Sonoro. Audio Garden. Jardim Musical. Jardim Audio. Jardino del Audio. Presencing Instituto. Gaia. Stepping into the decade of transformation. S'engager dans la décennie de la transformation. Entrando na década de transformação. Hi, my name is Re Algio Gilsdorf, and I'd like to tell you a story about how I learned to sense the social field across racial difference, how it leads to action confidence, and how important that is. I'm an advanced practitioner of social presence in theater and a racial equity facilitator and coach in Minneapolis, Minnesota in the US. As some of you may know, Minneapolis is also home to author Resma Minikim, a black therapist and somatic experiencing practitioner who literally wrote the book on race and intergenerational trauma in the body, My Grandmother's Hands, Racialized Trauma and the Pathway to Healing Our Hearts and Bodies. Now, I'm telling you, I devoured this book not long after I finished my SBT training, and I could tell that there were so many places where this work could overlap with SBT. So I was really excited to take an in-person series of classes with Resma and his white co-facilitator, Rachel Martin, starting in early 2019. A few months into the class, I had a wake-up moment. I was at the class in a large room with about 100 participants. The crowd included people of all races and many cultures. On this particular day, Rachel had just given an example of how she would handle a certain type of technical question that she found often came from white people who wanted to circumvent the deeper, more adaptive work of anti-racism. It was both useful and relevant. Resma then went on to tell a personal story about being a black man at a mostly white authors convention. Now, I'll tell you just enough details so you can understand what happened next. At a breakfast at this event, he had been seated with an older Black couple, also authors, and the three of them had bonded, or as Resma put it, they adopted him as their own and they were loving on him and tell him how proud they were of his work. Toward the end of this meal, a white American Jewish woman came up to their table and began talking to Resma. In this conversation, she said some colorblind comment along the lines of, we're just the same, you and me, because I'm Jewish. Resma, of course, felt the erasure of his experience in this and felt his anger rising. And yet, he described how in the moment, he calculated the costs of various actions, the impacts that could land on him or worse yet, on the older couple. He knew that as a black man, the potential costs of offending a white woman in public, both to himself and to the couple, were huge. Because, as he explained, he knew that the small community they had created would dictate that they would also sense the potential backlash and would try to protect him from it. His body calculated all of this in a split second, and in the end, he said something noncommittal to the woman, said goodbye to the couple, excused himself and went home, calling his publisher from the car to cancel the rest of his events that day. I've had enough of white people. I don't need any more today, he said. When Resma finished this story, the room was silent. And I could feel the energy move to a deeper place. As Otto would say, a crack opened in the room. 
Resma had told a story that showed how he as a black man was socialized to feel and take into account the social field, including that of the small social body immediately around him and also that of the larger room. And now I noticed what that story had produced in the field of the room that I was standing in. Into this pregnant silence came the voice of a white woman from the back of the room asking a question about the example Rachel had given earlier and completely bypassing what had just happened. Rachel went on to start answering the question when another white person stood up and said, wait, wait, can we stop, please, and talk about what just happened here? Do you realize that your question refocused the conversation from a black man and his needs to those of a white woman? The comment was spot on. And yet, in the ensuing conversation between them, I felt myself zoom out to observe the whole room. I became very curious about something beyond the intellectual construct of how the conversation predictably got refocused. How was it that this woman had not felt the shift of our field? How was it that I had felt it? The only answers that made sense were that as white people, we have not been socialized in the way Resma had described that he had to sense into social fields, large and small. Perhaps this woman was so captivated by the thoughts in her head that they grabbed all of her attention away from her body and the felt sense of the field. And maybe my SBT training was already kicking in in a way that I wasn't quite conscious of yet. Now let's move forward to my blind spot in all of this, which turned out to be the field dance. As a side note, I need to describe a bit about the field dance. The field dance is a core SBT practice that's based on the kind of situation where a standing person, we call the stander, is presenting to a seated group or the sitters. These situations tend to happen when the person standing has expertise to dispense. So think about like a TED talk or power to make a decision or a judgment or moral authority to preach or the developed talent to entertain the sitters. You can see that all of these interactions have a hierarchy and the relationship is transactional from the start. So for instance, uh, I paid good money to hear your comedy routine and you'd better make me laugh. That's a transaction. I brought my case in front of this judge and I need to have the judge give me justice. That's a transaction. So, the field dance decolonizes these situations by requiring each person in turn to assume the role of the stander and allow a gesture to arise from the field that they share with the sitters. They then sit along with the others and hold space for the next stander in turn. I have to confess that in my SBT program, the field dance was always a big so what to me. Perhaps because of my performing arts background, it felt a lot like other improv exercises, and I didn't have the huge aha moments that my classmates did. So, full confession, I kind of wrote it off. Still, in the fall, our online SBT racial equity hub, um, my co-facilitator Annie Blair and I decided to focus a few sessions on the field dance. We were curious about the idea of being truly seen and how hard that can be for white people in an interracial context, because it means that we have to let go of some perfectionism and be seen while making blunders, not just while saying brilliant things. The field dance with its one at a time structure was a perfect container for this. We set out to prototype practicing the field dance via Zoom, which in the fall of 29 
was avant-garde. Our generous group of hub participants brought forward lots of ideas, not only about the process of the stander, but also the vital role of the sitters who must sense their own connection in order to hold space together for the stander to feel the field. One idea that we had was to sense our social skin as sitters more, uh, even continents apart from each other. We worked on different visualizations and warm up kinds of things that would help us to be able to do this. And the results surprised all of us. Although we hadn't planned to, we turned out to be prototyping a sustained practice of field sensing that went on for three or four months. Now at the end of those three or four months, I had a second awakening about all of this, almost a year to the day after the first one. I was in San Francisco at an annual corporate retreat where I was one of only four white people among about 30 colleagues present. We were sitting in a small hotel ballroom in three or four large circles engaging in an icebreaker activity one morning. In this icebreaker, we were asked to imagine that it was 100 years in the future when anti-Blackness was a thing of the past and we were all to take turns giving examples of what sights and sounds gave evidence of this. What does the world look like? In my group, all black but me, we had every kind of comment. Some were fanciful. For instance, the president no longer lives in the White House. It's been replaced with Wakanda style architecture based on the Black Panther movie. Some were poignant, as in our black and brown children no longer self-censoring their own dreams and aspirations because their schools and communities are so affirming to them. Sensing the field of the entire room, I could feel the bubbly energy as various groups emitted giggles and gasps and affirmations such as amen or eso or that's right. Eventually, our facilitator called for us to find an ending place. In my own group, someone made one of those poignant, beautiful comments and we could all feel that was our resting place. The energy in our group settled to a calm connectedness. And I could also feel the energy in the rest of the room begin to settle in bubbly waves. And just then, we all heard the voice of a white woman across the room saying, oh, I have another one. I felt physically jarred. The Afro-Cuban woman sitting next to me reflexively leaned forward, grimacing and clenched a fist in front of her. And my body knew what to do. I reached out and put a hand on her arm, shook my head and said, I know. Her shoulders relaxed. Later, when the exercise was over and we were rearranging our chairs, another Black woman from my group, she was the vice president actually, looked at me and said, welcome to Wakanda, Re. By this, I knew that my action confidence was not misplaced in that moment, but came from a true joining with the social field. She had felt it too, across the circle from me. I should say, that had this icebreaker moment happened a year earlier, I might've felt the field, but I wouldn't have had the felt sense of knowing what to do. I typically would have found myself in analysis paralysis, mentally weighing all of the myriad options to take or not to take. I would have been missing that sense of action confidence. Where I am currently is working to become more consciously competent in all of this. I'm working out ways to apply the learnings of SPT specifically to develop field sensing capacity in interracial groups, knowing that this is a precursor to action confidence. 
Annie and I continue to experiment, play, and prototype with our hub group, which now connects to both Gaia and ULAB. And I'm working on ways to make SPT's connections to anti-racism and racial equity work explicit across a variety of contexts. And I'll say that after having such a profound experience in my body, it's hard to find words to do this justice without sounding either grandiose or oversimplified. But I know that continuing to play with all of this in the hub, as well as in my practice group, will continue to generate wisdom from the field. And I'm confident at this point that I'll be able to sense it. 